In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. That is a quote by George Orwell. And I want to welcome you back, listeners, to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Turner, and I am your host. I hope you are doing well out there. I hope you're staying strong. We are nearing the end of this sober October. And I wanted to get on here and talk with you a little bit because I've had some pretty large developments in my life, some very difficult ones. And I want to try to break them down for you because I believe they're centering on truth. I think truth... Developing inside yourself the ability to see truth and to express it is one of the fundamental challenges of the human being. I've been in a situation recently in which I felt the truth was necessary. It's always necessary, right? But this, this situation highlighted it for me. And reinforced the necessity of truth inside of myself. And I want to try to break down that situation for you guys. Because I think it may, in many ways, it's similar to many different experiences people have throughout their life. That when the truth goes unenunciated, we get... What we experience is something like a, st- a stickiness. Uh, a mud of sorts. A feeling of being stuck with no options. It's one of the ways you can identify that you're not being honest in some way. And I just realized that and learned that for myself. As many of, you, many of you may know, if you've been following the podcast for a while, about six or seven months ago, I left Colorado, which is where I started this podcast, for a new opportunity here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And that opportunity was a job. Uh, When the coronavirus hit, uh, I got hit pretty hard with it, as many people did. I had two fairly new jobs I had just started about three months prior. Uh, One was a a serving job at the melting pot, and another was a catering job. And when the coronavirus hit, both of those jobs went away, essentially overnight. And I lived in Colorado by myself, right? Um, When those jobs went away, I had no real means of providing for myself. But an odd thing happened when, when I lost those jobs. An opportunity presented itself, and that opportunity being to come out here with a friend, a very close friend, uh, one that I've known from childhood. Uh, a person I feel like I've shared a deep connection with, right? Uh, and he offered or talked about having an opportunity here to kind of develop a, a business, a business that he has started himself, and that he wanted me to come out here to, to help grow it and to help learn. And so, being in that situation, um, I took that opportunity almost right away. I was very excited by it. And I kind of want to talk about where that excitement came from, because this is a little bit of a side note on the topic, but often when when we feel stuck... When life gives us lemons, um, instead of making lemonade out of the situation, what we'll do is for we'll look for ex- solutions in the external world. And 
in some ways that's a necessity, right? For instance, in that example, I don't have a means of making money. Here's an opportunity to make money. Let's take it. I don't regret the decision. I think it was the right decision. It must have been because I'm here now and you're always where you're supposed to be. But I did view it improperly, I think. I viewed it as a one-size-fits-all solution of sorts. And that's what I mean by I think a lot of people have this tendency. That when you get into a situation that's very difficult, um, whatever option comes up first will usually grab because uh, there's a certain type of pain you'll experience when you don't know which way to go, which direction to go. It's a confusion. It's a feeling of being lost. Um, and especially when it's centered around your well-being, your ability to sa- sustain yourself, it's a very, very difficult feeling. So I latched on to this opportunity. And I kind of took it as a means of solving the problems that I felt were unsolved in my life. That I had blamed the place I was living in a very odd way for the situation I had found myself in. And that I felt that moving and going to a new place would somehow solve all of those problems. Not only the external problems, but problems within myself. Feeling of not being satisfied with the work I was doing. Feeling of... uh, insufficiency as we talked about in last episode so i leapt on this opportunity and i was very excited i'm going to try to move on from that now coming here initially the opportunity the job was very very uh rewarding as as any new beginning usually is it's very exciting that change is very exciting But what I found, and I talked a little bit about this in previous episodes, um, that as I started to become more solidified in this new role, I started to realize that a lot of the feelings I was having before were coming back, that I wasn't feeling satisfied, that I wasn't feeling like this was the solution I had, it wasn't matching the expectation I had put out, which... The expectation I had put out was unreasonable. I realize that now. <laughs> but that, as I started to experience that feeling of, of um, discomfort, um, I started to look for ways again to fix that situation. But what I'm going to talk about now doesn't really relate to the job itself necessarily that it got much more complicated than I was ever expecting. And that the universe has funny ways of testing you. That, as like many people, I've been very dishonest at points in my life. Everybody is. Because this, the, the skill of discerning and enunciating truth is just that, a skill that you have to develop inside of yourself. It requires immense amount of courage. It's very difficult process and because of that many people skip over that like I said the person I was working with was my best friend and he was currently with another girl a a girl he had a girlfriend right and she worked with him in this role what I quickly realized when I came into the role was that there was a certain amount of discomfort I experienced when working around both of them because it's a very small business essentially there's four of us his father him this girl and myself 
And what I realized was there was a certain competitiveness that I was experiencing in a weird way from both him and from her. I couldn't really understand it at first, but it made me very uncomfortable. And I left the job. If you remember back, I I took a, a period of time where I left that job and tried to go out and do my own thing again. Just use DoorDash as I had before in Colorado to try to sustain myself when I was waiting for this transition to happen, which at that time had been almost enough, not necessarily enough. Thankfully, I've had a lot of help from my parents. And a big thank you to them because I don't think I'd be here without their support and their help. Many people don't have that. But I knew deep down as I went over in the competition episode that there was something that made me feel insufficient in that situation. And my initial reaction was to run from it. But I soon, very quickly realized that running from it wasn't the solution. Because when I did, everything started to fall apart. I was not able to sustain myself here using DoorDash. There's reasons for that, right? A lot of people are doing that now that weren't because of COVID, right? Much more competitive place to be in terms of a job. But I also noticed some kind of deeper feeling that I had, I was letting myself down in some way, that I hadn't given that opportunity enough of a push. And so I decided in a very frustrating manner, I was very frustrated by this because I have a deep sense that I need to be doing something like this for my career, talking to people, developing ideas, sharing those ideas. That's what I'm good at. That's what I enjoy doing. And then I want to align that. That's my goal is to align that with what sustains me. But I, tried to force that and it didn't work. So I recognized I needed to go back and I went back. Going back, I realized something had changed. That I hadn't developed really a relationship with his girlfriend. I had kind of kept myself blocked off from her and that I had felt kind of a distance grow between me and him Something like a defensiveness when it came to her. Now, or competitiveness when it came to her. Now, I think this may have been because I have and had in the past, one of my biggest flaws as a human being is I have a tendency and I have had in the past, and I believe this is a deeply karmic thing about me. It's a big, one of my big hurdles that I've described for you guys before to get over in this life is for me to overcome this but that I have a tendency to want to take what I see and want. That I've had a tendency in the past to try to get in between people's relationships. That I've been attracted to people that just so happen to be in relationships more often than not. And that going into this situation, I had a very clear intention to not do that here. Which is why what happened next was such a test of that will, of my will. Because there was a certain day when I was working, like I said, the relationship between me and his girlfriend really was non-existent at this point. 
But there was a certain day when he left and went out to get something. And she approached me. He started to talk to me, started to open up in a way, or at least what I perceived as opening up. And at first I was a little set back because I couldn't really place what her intention was. What she was talking about was something that I was identifying as like relationship talk, right? Some kind of enunciating an attraction, a pull towards me in a romantic sense. And this took me off guard. I didn't know what to say because I had recognized in myself prior that this was an issue with me, but that I had never actually experienced it manifest in this way where the person themselves was very direct with me. Hey, I I feel a pull towards you. I feel an attraction towards you. And so I kind of danced around it. I didn't really say anything initially, but that as soon as that happened, immediately inside of myself, I felt a feeling that I'm very familiar with. Something like a sinking feeling. I'm sure you've experienced this in your life as well. What I've attached to that sinking feeling, that empty feeling too, is something like dishonesty within myself. That the conversation took place, but as soon as he came back, it stopped very intently. And then as soon as I realized that that conversation was not meant for his eyes, I felt disingenuous. I hadn't said anything really back. I hadn't enunciated that I was feeling the same thing at this point. I did after the fact. We'll get to that. But just the fact that the conversation happened and that some person that I cared about was left out of the conversation, I felt very disingenuous. And this battle in my mind started to happen because like I said in last episode, one of my deepest fears is being alone. One of my biggest pains in my current, in where I am currently is, is loneliness. And I have been alone for a very long time in a romantic sense. And then I am, I deeply desire a connection that is based in truth. And then in some ways, the fact that that person, his girlfriend, came towards me and enunciated her attraction to me created inside of me, or, or at least started inside of me, a, an attraction towards her. Because like I said, I've realized what I'm looking for is that honesty and truth. Now, it was very confusing, like I said, because the truth was also being hidden from somebody else which made it dishonest, right? Very confusing. A couple days went by and conversation never really happened. We kind of steered clear of each other. But that another opportunity where he left presented itself. And this time I had more intention on having that conversation again. And that I tried with my best ability to enunciate to her that I felt a similar type of pull, but also that I was not going to get in between their relationship. That I have done that in the past or tried to do that in the past and I know the ramifications of it. To, 
at a deeper level, I've also been on the receiving end of that. I have been in situations, multiple times actually, where I felt where I was either in love or deeply cared about the woman I was with and that I've had people lie to me about their feelings and lie to me about what they're doing with somebody else. And many of you may have had this as well happen to you, a cheating scenario where the pain you feel from that is something horrendous, is something crushing, creates an insufficiency feeling inside of you that is so large, it's very hard to get over if you're not really confident about who you are. Because at that point in my life, as many people do, I was using other people to fix my problems. I was latching on to them to, to make me feel better about myself. But reminding myself of that, I felt like in a weird way, I needed to be honest that I was also feeling something like that, but that I needed to set the intention that I don't want that to happen. I don't want anything to happen that would hurt my friend, that would create or inspire inside of him the same feeling that I have experienced before. And that these conversations continued to happen. They continued to happen when he wasn't there. And that every time he would come back, the conversation would cease. And just the simple fact of withholding the truth is an act of dishonesty in itself. That the longer that went on, the more I felt inside of me that pit grow, that sinking feeling growing. At the same time, those conversations seemed to lead to a deeper level of pull in a way. As she enunciated a a certain discomfort and unhappiness in a relationship and also told me that there was something that she felt pulled in that, that, that attracted her to me in, in many ways. And this is definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but that a desire to, to come towards me in a, in a romantic sense. And that the longer this went on, the more I felt stuck. And not only did I feel stuck in that situation, but the whole job itself started to take a downturn. The whole situation, my relationship between me and him started to go downwards. The competitive aspect that I talked about in last episode started to manifest. And it's odd that, like I said, when you feel insufficient, and I'm sure he was sensing something similar, what we will tend to do is compete with the people that is inspiring that, that, that feeling. And because the object of my desire, in some ways, I had allowed to become her, I felt that I needed to compete with him. And I believe he was doing the same thing. It's a very complicated situation, right? I'm sorry if this is boring you in any way, but I hope that it's meaningful or it attaches to some kind of situation you've had before in your life. I promise it won't be all of this for the entire episode. It grew to a point where I felt like I needed to tell him that, I, needed, that I, I knew that the only way that this feeling would get out of me is to be honest with him 
about how I was feeling and also so that I could set the intention and let him know before he found out in some other way that I don't want to take her away from you. To let him know that I don't want to inspire inside of you what I felt before. And that my intention is to not do that. But there's a necessity for me to tell you that I also feel an attraction. Even if that hurts him in some way. That he needs to know that. That the disingenuous nature of the hiding of that conversation, of those desires, is something that already was starting to devolve the situation. And so I did. It took a lot of courage within myself and willpower to text my friend, who was also, in some many ways, I, I was his source for, 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 I think he relied on me to talk about him and her, right? So he, he trusted me with her in a way that I don't think he trusted other people. And so it was a very difficult situation for me to talk about with him because I didn't want to betray that trust. And I, I felt like I already had in some way, right? And so... The only solution I could see was to be honest, to use the truth, the whole truth, and to not withhold any of it. And so I did. I decided that I was going to tell him. And so one night I wrote a very long text. It's not my preferred means of communication, but for some reason it felt like it fit the situation. I felt like I could enunciate this complicated nature better by thinking it out in a text form. So I did. And I sent it to him. And he didn't respond. <laughs> now you got to understand too that this is also, this job is attached to my livelihood here. This is what's supporting me. So I was taking a big risk by telling him this. That he could react in a way that says, hey, screw off, buddy. Right? Get away from my girl. But after the night went by, I ended up going into work and we had the conversation in person. And I realized that that wasn't his intention, that he wasn't going to turn away from me. He wasn't going to, to put me out on the street for that, that he appreciated, as surprising as it sounds, the honesty. And that that, in many ways, or at least for a little bit, solved that problem. That there was a certain amount of comfort initially that came from that. But what I noticed happened after that was very odd. And I'm, very, I'm trying very hard to be objective in this, but it's hard to be objective, right? That from what I saw happen after that was something like a desire from her to continue the conversations that were happening. And also... I have to admit inside myself a desire for me to continue them. And so they did. Even though he knew how we were feeling, whenever he would leave, these conversations would come back. She would enunciate her problems with him in the relationship, how she felt unfulfilled in certain ways. She would also enunciate how she, why she was attracted to me, and I would do the same. And so, again, a feeling of deep, deep emptiness began to grow. And the more it grew, the more I realized, as, as you've heard me talk about for the last month and a half, my energy started to just drain out of me. That going into the work every day was something I started to dread. 
because this complicated thing was going on there. Something that I felt I, that I was making a big, big mistake, but I wasn't recognizing it. This continued for a little while longer. The feeling grew. The situation got worse. Anger and arguments started to happen between them. And I realized this, that even though I had set the intention to not get in between them, that's exactly what I had done. It's exactly what I had done. That I had to be honest with myself. And that the only way to solve that problem, to solve that situation, was to be honest. To do it again. To enunciate what's going on and to tell him what I think is going on, what I see happening. To explain that it seems like this desire to go towards me is growing. And that there's a distance that I see growing between them. And that regardless of my intention, what is happening is I am getting in between them. Now, the reason I wanted to tell him that was to stop it. To make sure that it didn't come into reality. And so I did. Two days ago. I called him up after leaving work. There's an odd way in which I was having a horrible day there. And I, got, I would get through like half the day and I'd just be completely and utterly drained. And a deep kind of drained. Not like physically drained. I had plenty of that kind of energy. It was like emotional energy. This was so taxing on me. And I wasn't putting it together. But there was a moment when I was there after kind of trying to go through with him because he was recognizing it. He's like, what's wrong, man? And I was trying to use any excuse. Oh, I don't like this part of the job. It's not, it doesn't really suit me. It's very, very impatient. All these kind of things, right? All these excuses started to pop out of me. But after going through every excuse I could think of, I realized, no, that's not it. It's the thing you don't want to look at, Chris. What don't you want to look at? Well, both me and her are being very disingenuous in this situation. We're being dishonest. There's a necessity to, the only way you fix that is with truth. The only way. The only way you heal your soul and heal everybody else's is to be honest and truthful. Even if the truth hurts in the moment. And so I did. I left work that day early. And when I got home, I realized this is what I needed to do. And so I called him. I said, I think I know what's going on. And then I enunciated what had been happening behind his back. And his response again was not one of anger or resentment, but appreciation. Isn't that surprising? It's not what you think, right? I commend him for that reaction because it takes a lot of strength to not lash out at somebody. When you hear something like that, that would hurt you. But what happened after that was one of the more revealing experiences I've had in my life. That even if you're ready to be honest, it doesn't mean everybody else is too. And so I told him this, that from what I could put together and from the conversations I'd had with her, that there was a desire to move away from him towards me. And that I felt that this desire was building and that it would eventually lead to that happening. And that I don't want that to happen and that my intention is still the same 
to not get between them. The only way that I stop this is to tell him. After I told him that, she texted me, kind of asking to talk. And the way I responded was something like, I'm not doing this anymore. Whatever you want to say to him, you need to say, whatever you want to say to me, you need to say to him. This conversation is going to happen. It needs to happen between all of us. And what happened after that, the only way I could describe it was an attack. An attack on me at a deep level. She did everything in her power, and I'm trying to be objective with this because it's still an emotionally charged event for me. But from my perspective, what I saw happen was she did everything in her power to try to make me feel like I had done something wrong by telling him. That I was attacking her in some way by telling him. That my perception was wrong. That I had made everything up in my head. That I didn't have a good judgment on the situation. And that all of those conversations, I had misjudged. Here's the funny thing. Truth doesn't lie. <laughs> I don't know if that really makes sense, but I think you may get what I'm saying. Truth has a way of distilling. Yes, she tried to do that. But what I did after that was try to see, look inside myself and be honest. Had I done something wrong there by telling him, had I misjudged the situation? And the way you judge that honesty is the same way, is by recognizing the feeling of dishonesty, the sinking feeling. And when I did that, I realized that sinking feeling was gone. It's not there anymore. I had spoken my truth. I had done everything I could to keep a bad situation from manifesting. And what was happening, and I think this happens with a lot of people, I'm not trying to be too harsh on her. I want you to understand that. But there's a necessity for me to enunciate this because I think it's a very meaningful situation. That when you're not ready to speak your own truth, when people aren't ready to be honest, when faced with truth, what they do is try to manipulate it. They try to attack. They'll lash out. They'll project. They'll try to control the situation. And that's that, unfortunately, that's what she tried to do. And in that happening, I received clarity. I received clarity that this wasn't something I had initiated. It was something that I played into, yes, there's a part and role I played, and I needed to accept that, accept that responsibility. But that the enunciation of this kind of attraction started from the, from the enunciation of her attraction towards me. Does that make sense? And that no matter how much she wanted to blame me for all everything that was happening in that situation, I can't accept that responsibility because it's hers. My part, I accept, Right? but that she needed to accept her role as well. That truth isn't one-sided. That I risked a lot in telling him what I had done. 
the disingenuous nature in which I had been going around that place, and that I accept that responsibility, even if it means I lose that job. That's the sacrifice. But that when people aren't willing to do the same, they'll try to blame you. Truth distills people. I'm going to pause this for a second. I really have to go to the bathroom. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry for that pause. That was like something that hit me right away. I really had to go to the bathroom. That doesn't usually happen, but I apologize. Let's continue. Now, I want to be very careful on trying to blame anybody. I'm not blaming her for what's going on here. You need to be careful about how you judge people because you're not in a position to judge anybody else. Nobody is. I'm not either. The only person I can judge is myself. And when I try to do that honestly, like I said, I feel like I've done everything I can to express the truth. And that because of that, my conscience, my conscience is clear. At the same time, that doesn't mean there isn't going to be a reaction to what's happened. That in the way it looks right now, I most likely don't have a job anymore the ramifications of that truth are probably going to manifest in me having to look for something else. But oddly enough, guys, I'm not scared of that. And I believe this is where faith comes in. Faith that walking the path of honesty and truth has a way of leading to you, leading you where you need to be. I told you earlier that I had tried to leave that job, right? That I had tried to escape that situation before any of this manifested. And that there was some reason I had to go back, that it didn't work when I did that. And then when I went back, all of this happened. And why would that take place? If you had to look at it, if there was a reason behind it, why would it happen? From what I can tell, I was meant to deal with this situation. This obstacle was placed in my way. In the way of whatever I'm supposed to be doing, wherever I'm supposed to be going, whether it was there or somewhere else, and that what it required of me was to, for me to make a decision, a choice, one that I had been presented before, one that I had failed at. But the reason that I'm not scared right now about what comes next is because I know I made the right one. I know I spoke my truth. And that this doesn't just apply to that situation. But that many times what people will do, especially if they're being dishonest with themselves, is they'll try to tie you up in those lies. The way you'll recognize that there's lies going on is something like a feeling of confusion because truth is obvious. It's something like feeling stuck, feeling like there's no options. If you feel that way and regardless of the situation, there's some kind of disingenuous nature happening there. There's something not being revealed either by you or other people. Oftentimes by you. The best bet 
is to figure out what you're hiding. Don't try to figure out what other people are hiding. Figure out, figure out what you're being dishonest about and then enunciate it. Because the effect, I believe, is something positive. It's you jumping over that hurdle. It's you growing as an individual, as a soul. As I've talked before in episodes, there's a way that pain and suffering gets passed on. The way that pain and suffering gets passed on is by not confronting the pain that you've experienced. Because oftentimes, every time, what you'll find is you have culpability and responsibility in the experience of that pain. Regardless if somebody's done something to you, that the way you react is everything. And that what most, what we usually will do is make some, is something like make the problem worse by running from it. And by not recognizing where we're going wrong, we repeat the same thing, oftentimes with other people. And what that inspires inside of them is the exact same feeling. On and on we go. I ask you, how do you stop that process? How do you stop it? By changing what you're doing. Only thing you can control is your choices. Do something different. It's very easy to say, very hard to put into practice. Because it's very, very scary. I'm going to go back to the quote that we started with real quick. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. It's to find revolution. Not a huge fan of that. Let's find one that's like Wikipedia. I usually use Wikipedia, right? (laughs) So it's usually referred to, obviously, in a political sense. So it's hard to find a a definition that doesn't refer to it in some kind of political scenario. Um, But for Wikipedia, it has a complete change from one constitution to another. The constitution doesn't necessarily just mean a piece of paper that outlines laws and virtues. What it also can mean, constitution, is the way something's constructed. The nature of something. A revolutionary act. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. What does telling the truth do? It changes the nature of the situation. It's the only way to change the nature of the situation. Truth is the only way. Always. It's why so many religions talk about truth and focus on it about honesty and I believe it's why a lot of the virtues come from truth they depend on it 
Because the only way we have upward expansion in this world, we have growth individually, is through truth. We usually conflate this with some kind of objective idea of truth. Some objective reality, as we've gone over before. But it's not that. This is why I've argued against that. Truth is not objective. Truth is very subjective, folks. Only you have the ability to discern what your truth is. You have a sense inside of you, a way that your body manifests whether you are being honest or not. For me, it's a feeling of sinking, of being stuck in the mud, of not liking the person I am or the actions that I'm taking. And I truly believe that you can recognize the same thing inside of yourself. That this is ways in which spirit guides us. It's ways in which whatever deity you believe in guides you. And that you can choose to ignore those feelings. You can choose to numb them. You can choose to distract yourself. but it's not going to change the way you're feeling. It's going to make it grow. That monster, that dragon is going to grow. And in the process of that monster and running away and that monster and dragon growing, you're going to lead it on a path where it gobbles up a lot of other people, unsuspecting people, innocent people, people that have no relation to the original act. And that in this way, evil grows in the world. The only way to stop that is through truth, through a revolutionary act, through changing the constitution of the situation. That's why we have such a deep societal problem, I believe. Because it's not, the problem with with secularism is not It's not that it's wrong per se in a sense. Like it's it's a part of it's a part of reality. Not the whole thing. That yes, there's many ways in which viewing the world from a secular perspective provides a certain structure that seems objective and that it is a, a legitimate way to view the world. But that when you only view the world through that lens, it hides this process from you. It hides this ability for you to feel truth, for you to discern it. In that, it hides your purpose from you because it hides the, main, the means of attaining it. The only way to attain or find your true purpose, your true meaning, value, is through truth. But when we have a society and an economic system that value comfort, that tell you comfort is the law of the land, that that's the way you become happy, and that what comfort does is numb the sensations that guide you to truth, what we have is so many people running away from themselves. And that that is why the world is devolving. And that that is why I believe it's not going to get better unless we wake up 
why I've argued for it over and over and over again, why I've probably done kind of a shitty job of enunciating it, that it required some kind of specific example for you to see in my life that I hope resonates with you in some way as well. You're never too far away from having the power to fight those dragons, to stop and turn around. As I pointed out, I made a lot of bad choices by allowing that kind of conversation to happen, by allowing the disingenuous nature to seep into that situation. But that I was never too far gone. To stop the suffering from happening. To turn back around and say, nope, it's as far as we go. I believe faith is trust. It's trusting that truth is the way, if that makes sense. I wrote a post the other night and I posted it with a song. It's very important to me deeply because it connects to somebody that I care about very deeply. But as I was listening to the song, this, I, this idea came to me. And it's something like, faith equals truth. No, I'm sorry. Let me restart that. Faith equals trust. Trust equals truth. Truth equals love. And love equals faith. Be revolutionary. Seize the power that's within yourself to stop suffering from happening in your sphere of influence to stop suffering from seeping into the people you care about or that you say you care about. That's the only thing that makes you different is your choice in those scenarios. Everybody is presented with these scenarios. Everybody. The only thing that makes you different is how you respond. And that there's a whole lot of entities, whatever you want to describe them, there's a whole lot of people, things rooting for you to make that choice every second of every day. They're begging you to turn it on, in a sense, to turn on that knowing and that faith that the way that you get to your truth is to enunciate it. The way that you get to your true satisfaction, to true love, to a true existence that has meaning. There's only one path. Define it. Be the thing that makes the map. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, everyone. I hope it didn't drag on too long when I was describing the situation for you. It was hard for me to sort through (laughs) because, like I said, it's still kind of happening as we speak. And, uh, I was, I really didn't, it's hard to hold back judging other people in it, right? I was trying to not 
project what I think happened. I tried to be as honest with it as possible and that that process can be a little tedious in some ways. So I hope it wasn't too tedious listening to it. I hope it had value but that I hope that it connects to some kind of situation. All of these things I'm talking about, they're very specific to me. There's no way I can tell you what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, but that I do believe that the it's the same fundamental equation that we're all presented with choice. And in an odd way, it's the same choice. Do you want truth or not? Do you want to run away or do you want to face the dragon? The people that we idolize, the people that we respect, the people that make the most upward movement, the people that pull others up, the heroes in our world are the ones that choose to face the dragon. Who do you want to be? There's a lot of people that choose to run away. Most people do. Don't be them. You're better than that. If you choose to be. With that, that's the Unfounded Podcast signing off. Have a good night. Lots of love. Bye-bye.